Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Everybody and welcome back Woo-hoo! to another episode of No Other Pod. I'm Jimmy, along as always with my buddy Dan. <laughs> Dan, what is going on, friend? What's up, man? We're back for another week. Uh, not a loss podcast, all right, uh, but not a win. But not it's a victory be, pod. It's gonna be fun, man. This is gonna be a jam-packed episode. Um, lots going on in the world that I hope we can try to stay away from and not get <laughs> not get too upset. Irate, if you will. That's a good yeah, word. Well, you know me. I, I do know you. <laughs> uh, just trying to get you boiled over right now. But, dude, we got a recap. We got two previews, and a lot went on literally the day after we recorded last week. So, mm-hmm. there we go, man. It's uh, Let's rock and roll. Yeah, but uh, I think we, we like to start five-star rating and review. If you have not left us a rating or review yet, please do so. I think – we may have gotten a new one this week, if I'm not mistaken. Got one, dude. We got one last week from Bandmaster93. You, you and I were band people. We know. We know what it's like to be a bandmaster. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Marching band, that is. A couple of dorks. Uh, <laughs> he, he or she says, best SKC pod. Five stars. Woo. Don't know what took me so long to review, as this is my favorite pod from my favorite club. An excellent fan perspective with great soccer analysis and humor. I also really appreciated them continuing to record even when there was no soccer. Dan and Jimmy's humor were excellent for my mental health during a tough time. Keep up the excellent work. Dude. It's pretty cool. Are, are we medicine? Uh, are we best medicine? <laughs> that's, that's what I took from that, yes. It's essentially medicine. If you're having yes. a bad day, hit us up. We got you. <laughs> Cheaper than a therapist. Listen to no other pod. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we're not charging you 80 bucks a session. It's not no, happening. No. Dude, that's that's so kind though. Uh, when I saw that come through last week, I was like, mm, heart melted. So yeah. thank you so much, the 93rd Bandmaster. Really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you guys. And like I said, if you have not yet left a rating or review, please go do so. We would appreciate it. Uh, but as Dan mentioned, <laughs> a lot, a lot happened uh, when we went off... Uh, we finished recording last week and then the sports world stopped for a little bit because uh, it all started with the Milwaukee Bucks. They decided that they were not going to take the floor to play in the NBA playoffs in protest of the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That and You quit- know what? We didn't even talk about that last week at all. Like the shooting. I mean, cause it really didn't, it really didn't hit news outlets, I guess. Uh, right. Why is that? Because well, he didn't die? I mean, no, well, why did it take I, so long? I definitely saw it. Yeah. It Honestly, and this is bad, like we shouldn't be desensitized to it, but the reason like yeah, I feel that. it didn't cross my mind to bring up on the podcast again is because one, there's so much shit going on in the world, but I was like, oh, this happened again. Yeah. Another unarmed black person was shot by a police officer. And he, if he 
may or may not have had a knife in the floorboard of his car supposedly but like he told the officers that he had that there it's not like doesn't seem like criminal behavior to be like hello let me tell you about the weapon that i have and then calmly walk over to then grab the weapon that i have while three people have guns pointed at me at point blank range doesn't seem like criminal behavior but anyway beside the point like at an airport when they're like you got any sharp (laughs) objects on you you're like yes i have five ginsu knives in my pockets and here's my plan (laughs) Um, i'm foiled but regardless, like that was bad. And, and, and there's really no defense of it in my opinion. And then, cause I had someone ask me, they're like, the shooting happened on Sunday. Why did the bucks wait till Wednesday to do this? There was, you know, already, Good you know, point. they'd already played a game. And, and I think what happened was not only did it happen on Sunday, cause at first I think a lot of people were pretty quickly like this shouldn't have happened. Like this was clearly a mistake shooting someone seven times in the back point blank when they don't have yeah. a gun, like not good. But then the whole thing with the other, the 17 year old kid who shot some protesters and was able to get away, you know, without being apprehended by the cops until later. And, and, and that sort of thing, like, I think that all took it to another level. And so by Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously they're not that far from Kenosha. We're like, we're not doing this. And then that resonated. Yeah, exactly. That resonated with the rest of the NBA, which then started resonating with other leagues. And so unless it's a white sport, like hockey, hockey took a little (laughs) bit of time and hockey's black players were not happy. Like they were speaking out, like this was an opportunity for hockey to show that, you know, we stand in solidarity. Hockey's for black players. Gotcha. Yeah. And we (laughs) kind of missed the mark, but uh, I mean, so all the NBA games didn't happen on Wednesday. Uh, MLS games were postponed. Nashville and Orlando started their game before they, I think, really had a chance to yeah. like get on the same page with the rest of the players. So how could they? How could they stop? You know, uh, we shouldn't play the rest of this game, right? They got yeah. If they even for it though, if they even knew, I mean, one I forget was it if it was uh, um, the Orlando coach or the Nashville coach. One of them was kind of asked about it after the game. Like, was there any discussion at halftime to not come out and play the second half? And he was like they don't check their phones at halftime. Yeah, like they got they 15 minutes. They're trying to hydrate. They're trying to eat, eat protein bar, like Stretch whatever it is out. they need to do. Like, yeah, they're not on hopping on Twitter mid game. So staying warm. I, I mean, you don't want to cool down completely. Yeah. But then it kind of started with Miami and Atlanta and, and, you know, people who listen to our podcast know that I am not the biggest Atlanta United fan, What? <laughs> but I will say, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to the players there because Miami seemed ready to play, ready to go, like nothing was going on. Atlanta, they seemed like they were the team that were kind of like, hold on a sec, like this doesn't feel right. And so they, it was then Luis Robles and Brad Guzan had a conversation. Those two teams ultimately decided, okay, we're not going to play. Kind of snowballed from there. MLS eventually came out and said, we're postponing the games that were supposed to happen tonight mls took a victory lap and said that they were the ones who made that decision and then people like reggie cannon and josie out the door and the others came out and they're like get the hell out of here they got on him dude i was like (laughs) hell yeah Kyrie shelton was 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 retweeting them yeah uh, retweeting out the door and i was just like what is mls doing like yep we've made the decision you didn't do shit right you were forced by the players yeah bro uh, but but then the, the the tie-in here is then MLS Black Players for Change, which is the 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 group that was formed earlier this year following the George it. Floyd shooting. They met with Major League Soccer. They eventually um, came to an agreement where they were able to say, okay, we'll we'll agree to to resume games. 
Black Players for Change, uh, along with the MLS Players Association, discussed this with the league. They resumed games along with a plan of action for social justice and, and different initiatives they'll be supporting. So this all happened, and Sporting KC didn't really get caught up in it because we didn't have a game until Saturday. Right. So, but there was a, a period of time where it was like, is this game going to happen on Saturday? It was questionable. We, we, we really didn't know. But, yeah, like Friday when things went forward as – as scheduled then then you kind of knew yeah sporting did put out a statement on uh, on thursday because once one sports kinda organization weak. starts putting out statements a lot of them start doing it sporting did put out a statement on thursday it was very yeah, you brief could call it that it's a, it, I mean, technically it is a statement it's a couple sentences sure sure <laughs> it said sporting kansas city stands united with our players as we condemn racism and demand equality we stand in solidarity with the black community Thank you, Sporting Casey, for taking that stand against saying racism is bad. Like, bro, there were some teams that put out like a few paragraphs, and I was like, look at this. Go look check at out somebody. Look at this. Go check out what the Baltimore Ravens put out. They put yeah. out like a four-picture statement that was like, not we're not just going to say we condemn racism because anybody yeah. in there, most white supremacists, if you catch them on a good day, will say, yeah, racism is bad, but I'm not a racist just because I think white people are better than black people. Um, if you ch- check out the Baltimore Ravens statement, they're like, racism is bad. And here's every single thing we want to have happen. And it was like a bulleted list of like policy reform actions uh, as far as economic actions and, and redistributing finances. Like it, that was a statement. It's also Baltimore. I mean, have you seen The Wire? They know where they're at. <laughs> they know yeah. what their city is about. And if they say the wrong thing, bye-bye football. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there are even some MLS teams and some NBA teams. You know, the Lakers, off the top of my mind, I saw them do this. But there were some MLS teams, too, that were putting out, like, here's the contact information for the Attorney General of Wisconsin if you want to call and, and demand justice and all this stuff. So, Well, we, we don't have to give sporting a hard time because everybody on Twitter did. Like they, a lot of people, people dragged them, myself included. I just look. You didn't, it didn't have to be you, dude. People were all over <laughs> it. You know what I mean? I I get from a pure business standpoint. If you're looking just at the demographics of your fan base, and you're like, mm. okay, we got 50% of the people who are probably feeling one way, and 50% of the people who are probably feeling another way. And if you're talking pure business, we don't want to alienate any of those people. So we're gonna we're gonna put out the most vanilla statement that nobody can get mad about, which is racism is bad. You called them vanilla. And this is why we're not <laughs> featured on Media Roundup anymore. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. For me, and I know this is a personal thing, and there's going to be people who disagree with me, and that's okay. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> I think there are some things that transcend business, and I think the unjust killing of people is one of those things. So I don't think that's a disagreeable statement at all i would um, like to not think so but i'm learning differently every day so anyway peter vermees was asked some questions about it and and peter and i probably don't see eye to eye on a lot of things politically and and peter actually got got a little bit of heat for this statement on twitter i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna actually defend peter a little bit on this one i saw i watched the video of his statement i was prepared to go in there and being like oh, i know what peter can be like sometimes but I think given the circumstances, this is, I, I don't know what else you can, you can ask for from Peter. Um, he basically said, you know, we've met with the players over all the issues going on. Uh, these issues concerning our country have to be dealt with. Um, we want the players to know. We understand that we've listened to players. We've listened to staff. We're incredibly supportive. Uh, 
I have to commend the guys. They're pursuing excellence in two areas. They're trying to be the best on the field, and the second is off the field. They'd like to see change. I support that. I agree with it. And this That's is where cool. he this is where he kind of got a little bit of heat. He said, "We all want to be able to do our profession, but at the same time, there's a real need for change." And it was that first part of the sentence that we all want mm. to be able to do our profession, where he caught some heat from some people, where they were kind of being like, "I think he's being dismissive," and he's just like, "I just want to get back to soccer." Yeah, but, but as a society, we analyze everything, dude. We're gonna take, we're right. gonna nitpick your shit, and we're gonna tear you down and call for your job. Well, and I think <laughs> I think what he said is fair. Like. I would like yeah. to be able to watch soccer and not worry about this stuff. Football players would like sure. to be able to play football. Basketball players would like to be like, I don't think that's anything that's but bad to say. I liked what people in the NBA were saying. They're like, we aren't, you know, you use us as a distraction from the real world. There is no distracting you from the real world. This is it. Right. Like, we don't want to be that distraction. So right. F you, you know what I mean? Exactly. So Peter said, you know, we all want to be able to do our profession, but at the same time, there's a real need for change. Frankly, it's unacceptable in our society. Unfortunately, these are the things now that have to be done to garner support and attention. And it's that last part, I think he really hits home that I was like, this is why I think some of the criticism of Peter is unfair. Is he's like, yeah, we'd like to be able to, to play soccer. But I also know that like, just playing soccer and pretending like wearing a shirt that says soccer for all will end racism and bigotry isn't good enough anymore. Sometimes you got to stop things in order to get people's attention. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's nice. It's nice that the league is entirely, uh, you know, united on this. I, I would think, I mean, everyone's wearing BLM shirts and yeah. uh, doing uh, their own protests at the beginning of each game, unless you're Michael Bradley. I don't know what he's doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So that one, I, again, I'm not going to defend Bradley necessarily, but like that one is a little bit of a weird one because those were two Canadian teams and they were all kneeling for the Canadian anthem. So now what I would say if I were in the position of Michael Bradley is like, while I acknowledge that Canada isn't having the same issues on, or the same level, at least that I'm aware of, maybe I'm uneducated with systemic racism that the U.S. is. So I, I get to an extent him being like, I don't have a need to kneel for the Canadian national anthem. I guess what I would say to Michael Bradley is if you, if your black teammates are asking you to, to kneel in protest, it's not, you're not protesting the national anthem. You're protesting treatment of black Americans in the league, the home country of the league you play in. So I think, I think Michael could have done a little better there. His dad yeah, was not for sure. here for it though. Really? I didn't hear anything. Oh, Bob he was just Bradley. like, I raised him better than that. that that's, that's, his mo that's his mom's kid. <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't say anything about, my, about Michael, but he was, he was pretty blunt and direct about like, there's a problem with policing in this country. It's got to change. This is out of yeah. control. So He tells his wife, go get your son. You know, you know how parents do that shit. Yeah. I start calling him with his first and middle name. I don't know what Michael yeah. Bradley's middle name is. But. Yeah, I don't know. Probably dumb, dumb. Yeah. Beasler had some quotes too. I'm not going to read them all. You can go online and read them, but he did. I did want to point out. Yeah. That he, he was said, on the radio for a bit. Yeah. He said, our locker room is extremely together on these issues. We've we're united. There's been more organization within, within our team and within other teams around the league. Um, you ding donging? I did ding dong. Was that because I just texted you? It was. Yeah. I didn't realize that my, <laughs> is messed my up. audio was, was on there. <laughs> But, but basically, Beasler says there's more conversation among teams in the past six months than there have been in my 12 years in the league. So I, See, that's, that's pretty cool, cool, man. And it's not, it doesn't just go from there. My workplace is uh, we're, we're having those conversations too. And I, I don't really feel comfortable like participating so much, but you hear that it's not just sports teams, it's other people's businesses. And yeah. even the Chiefs, uh, Andy Reid says, yeah, me and the guys, we're having 
sensitivity training, if you will. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, look, if you're tired of these conversations, I, they're not going away anytime soon. And I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm talking about, you know, just in society. These are things that we have to reckon with. And, you know, I, I saw a quote, and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of like, if you're tired about talking about race and racism all the time, imagine how tired black people are uh, about being killed by police. So like, just, it's a little bit of perspective. But anyway, that's, that's what we, I felt like we, and we felt like we wanted to touch on it a bit since that was a pretty big thing that happened in the league since our last podcast. So, but it did not affect, it did not affect the game. Sporting Casey was able to take the field uh, against Colorado. And so uh, we'll just, there's no great way to transition into that. So we'll just transition into talking about the game now. You know, I thought we might lose this game Uh, going down there. I was like, this feels, this feels weird. You know what I mean? And, uh, we damn near did. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was not a great game. Um, we all know the result. It was tied 1-1. Um, now, granted, 1-1 is a much better result than losing at home 5-2, especially since this game was on the road. But, you know, there's, there's still legitimate cause for uh, some concern. Now it's still early on. They're worth, what, three games into the restart here? Yeah, halfway um, through this first little phase. And, uh, you know, first half was just a shambles, really, with having to make a couple early substitutions. Like, it was just an yeah. unconventional game, which is kind of how this season restart has gone for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, it got off to a little bit of a, a rocky start. Felipe Hernandez had to come on for Roger yeah. Espinoza. Rocky start in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> All right. Felipe Hernandez came on in the 16th minute for Roger Espinoza, who who was injured and probably will be out of service for a little bit. Well, he's day to day, they said. And they just said it wasn't anything serious. He was just cramping early and was like, I got to get out or I'm going to really get hurt. So, yeah, who knows? I, I saw something from Thad from the Blue Testament earlier today mm-hmm. that made me think, Roger's not going to be available at least on Wednesday. Uh, Let me try to look this up here. Yeah, get that shit, Thad. What the hell, man? (laughs) Thad's usually pretty plugged in, too. He is uh, plugged in. And I love anyone with the name Thad. Uh, When I was younger, I had a best friend named Thad. He moved away, and I never forgot him. So (laughs) what what Thad said is Espinoza is listed as not medically cleared. He's not listed as questionable okay. or out. He's just listed as not medically cleared. Cramping up, man. Get that cranberry juice in your veins. <laughs> so that, I don't know why, that kind of led me to believe, like, eh, it's probably not likely that he plays this week. Um, maybe Saturday, but probably not tomorrow. Tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah, tonight. Holy shit. There's a game tonight. <laughs> There's a game tonight. <laughs> uh, but, so he came out in the 16th minute. Roberto Punchech came in on the 40th minute for Winston Reed, which I want to ask you about this. What the hell is going on with Matt Beasler? Like, Feels weird, right? Feels weird. He got his one start after not starting for four games, and then when you have to make an unplanned sub for a center back, it's not Beasler he goes to, it's Punchech. Yeah, I mean, uh, who, who's, Graham Smith was the other one back there. So, Graham Smith was starting. Uh, it was kind of... Was Winston Reed on, on left center back or right center Winston back? Winston Reed was left center back. So Punchech came on. So that would have been Beasler's dominant yeah. side. Yeah. Interesting. Not great. Yeah, it feels weird. Uh, I don't know if he needs to earn his way back in, but it feels like it's Winston Reed's back line, man. I mean, 
and he's getting up for some headers too in the I last like couple of games and and corner kicks no longer feel sad I guess I mean <laughs> I'm not sure he replaces Ike Opara in that sense but I think he gives us an option yeah, I think it's going to take Reed some time to get back into full fitness. I mean, it was, what, like two and a half years since his well, last competitive game. You don't have time, Winston. We're playing games every four days. Let's go. <laughs> so <laughs> Move or lose it. Yeah, but, you know, Winston Reed had to come out. So that, that messed with things. But, you know, it. there were some early chances um, for Sporting KC, at least in the first couple minutes. It was like the third minute where – it's pretty good offensive buildup where it was like a little bit of a give and go between Kyrie and Polito and Polito. It was a tough angle. He fired it across the face of goal, but I was like, there's, there's some opportunity here. I, I like, I'm excited to see more of Polito and Shelton together. I don't know about you, but it yeah. feels like that could be a great partnership. That feels nice. Um, Polito and Shelton, man. And, and Shelton just, God, Shelton looks good on the ball. Mm-hmm. Like, his possession and the way he he keeps control of things he'll take on two guys and just doesn't lose the ball i'm like holy shit i love this yeah um i wish more came out of it but it will i mean it feels like that partnership is really good like you said yeah he'll he'll get there i do wish we could see and i saw this was a talking point on twitter from some people too and i agree with it we need to find a way to get Polito the ball more in the box like he's so dangerous that like, I don't want him to have to drop all the way back to like near the center line to get touches. He's trying so. to help with the midfield too, man. Cause the midfield seems so hurt right now and yeah. not as strong as it used to be. So from that sense, I kind of get it. He's, he's really kind of helping out. It's almost a four man midfield and the two wingers up there playing forwards. I mean, is it a four, four, two sometimes? It feels like it at times. Yeah. Um, Jerso got a shot off in the eighth minute from distance. Didn't, yes, didn't really did. get on target, but it was close. So not a bad deal. Not a whole lot else happened in the first half other than the subs. Tim Melia had to you make know, a Gerso, save. Gerso took another long shot as well. Or not Gerso, uh, Busio took a long shot. That was blocked, I think, but you, he was teeing it up. Yeah. And that, that led to later on what, what happened and what everyone's talking about. But mm-hmm. uh, you could tell he was feeling hungry right off the bat, which is really good from him. Yeah. And, you know, Amelia had a couple big saves, especially to start off the second half, you know, keep it, keep it level. Colorado drew first blood, 57th minute. Uh, Cole Bassett was the one. <laughs> Cole Bassett was the one. And, and man, I don't know what happened here. This is where uh, – Graham Zusi, we've talked about this before. Sometimes he pushes super high up the field in that overlapping attack because that's what he likes to do. But if you look at how this play started, it goes through the right side of the field, but Cole Bassett is on the left side of the field. Graham Zusi is about 30 yards behind him. And when Graham Smith starts drifting more toward the center of the field to guard the, um, the Colorado striker, Zusi realizes, oh, shit, there's nobody for the rest of the field in front of Cole Bassett. And Zussi starts busting his ass doing that patented Zussi run. He just can't catch up in time. And then the ball, Diego Rubio just does a little dummy, lets it drift right to Bassett. And by the time Bassett hits it, Zussi's still six, seven yards away. Yeah. Can't do anything. Do you like my Rambo thing? Do you know that was from Rambo? <laughs> I picked first, it up a little bit. Yeah. First blood, baby. First blood. Or, or it's always sunny, whatever you want to go with. But uh, – <laughs> No, at that time, it was hard to understand what did happen. And I was like, did Zussi blow this? But you laying it out like that uh, really showed that Zussi tried to come, you know, save the day. Zussi but should Zussi have been back there? I mean, 
so this is this is part of the problem and this is where Zussi looked really good at right back when he had Ike covering for him because Ike could make up for a lot of these mistakes now this also I think there's a little bit of inexperience in the midfield here which contributed to this a little bit also because Buzio kind of gets caught high up the field Felipe Hernandez kind of gets caught a little high up the field Buzio gets pulled a little bit out of position Graham Smith goes with the uh, with Rubio to the center of the box Hernandez isn't there to cover and you know Roger sometimes if you pay attention to Roger when one of the fullbacks pushes up Roger a lot of times will rotate to kind of cover defensively for the fullback Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think Felipe did that so yeah and that that could just be youth and not a lot of time in that game situation um I did like seeing Felipe in there, though. I mean, I mean, I think I right away I was just like, this kid's about to get some minutes, man. I'm here for it. Like, yeah, he needs it, and he might get more. Oh, I think uh, he will tonight. get more. So, yeah, which is great because I think he he has a he also has a little knack for goal and can get in some dangerous positions. Maybe draw two or three defenders on him and lay it off to maybe an open Polito or something. But that goal was unfortunate, man. The old Bassett Hound, he got us and. uh <laughs> kind of pissed, kind of pissed me off right off the bat. You never want to concede first. I don't know if anyone no. else just when they're on their couch, they just throw their hands up, roll their eyes, just like, here we go. Like yeah. a, a lot of game left. How do you bounce back? You know what I mean? This sucks. Yeah, but then Buzio, ten minutes later, was coming off of a Johnny Russell corner kick, and uh, Johnny sent it into the box. It bounced around, got cleared outside the box. Buzio brought it down nicely, set himself up one time, and then fired. I initially thought maybe the shot got deflected. Mm-hmm. It didn't. He just picked it out, bottom left corner. You saw Lindsay. You saw Lindsay blocking the view. Lindsay had to duck. Yeah. Uh, but I think he really messed with the goalkeeper. I in Chicago, I had a goalkeeper who was massively good, and he got scored on one time, and I got yelled at for blocking his view. <laughs> He's like, "You're blocking my view." I was like, "I feel like I'm in position. I don't know what to do. I don't play." Uh, but he was a big time deal. He he said he play, filled in for the Ethiopian national team one time. I was like, what the Dang. f? There okay, just for like a friendly or something. I said that sounds illegal because uh, you're not <laughs> Ethiopian. <laughs> That's crazy. But anyways, uh, Jalen Lindsay, man, just helping Busio out. I think he, I think you owe him something for that for because that that should have been saved. In all honesty, it wasn't that far off. Could have been, yeah. And and Lindsay just got onside too. If he was offside, I would be curious if they would have gone to VAR and, and looked at if he was in an offside position and obstructing True. the keeper's view. But he was yeah, onside. He was on and uh, Wakanda forever, baby. R.I.P. Yeah. Chatty. J, uh, Gianluca Buzio put up the he did the wrong hand over hand, but that's okay. We'll give him. We'll give him. Oh, it has, what does that mean? It's supposed to be mean? right arm over left arm. Really? Because See, I, I don't. That doesn't yeah. feel right to me. Well, because so um, there was a quote I saw. Chadwick Boseman was like really particular about it. He wanted it to be right oh. arm over left arm because right arm over left arm is traditionally how the Egyptian pharaohs and African kings would be buried, would be right arm over left arm. Well, so. it looked really cool. Uh, unlike the, <laughs> the lad who scored for NYCFC, that just doesn't look as cool when a white guy does that celebration. Yeah. When Busio did it, I'm just like, hell yeah. yeah. But that guy did it. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but I mean, Chadwick Boseman, like, I, we're not going to talk about it a ton here. I mean, I, I was really sad deal, man. shaken up by it just because I really enjoy those movies and also just what he meant to a lot of people. Uh, real bummer, but it was cool to see Gianni Cabuzio do his little tribute to him there. So the only other really remotely exciting things that happened in this game was Gotti Kinda being a little wild man 
and uh, just getting yellow cards left and right, pulling people down, stepping on people, ends up getting a red card, and now he won't be in the game tonight. He's kind of like like seeing him and Jack Price go at it. Like Jack Price plays the exact way, dude. They he pulls on people, gets handsy. Kinda did the same thing. Yeah. Jack Price was one yellow away from getting a red. I mean, that's yeah. just that's how they are. They're just pesky. Yeah. It's uh we'll miss him tonight. I swear to God, we'll miss him. Well, so tonight might be uh an entirely homegrown midfield. Oh or, my god. Who do you or, got? Felipe Busio. Felipe. Well, because Roger, Roger probably can't play. Right. Uh, Duke. Oh, you think you think Duke? Yeah, we haven't. I don't know why. I was we haven't seen Juan Cousin really, so it's probably going to be Duke Buzio and uh, Felipe. <sighs> that feels weird and very scary. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard anything about Ilya, so. I mean, God, dude, prayers with him. Whatever's going on, like uh, I'm not a religious man or anything, but like family and stuff. I don't know. There's just no word. He's been gone for a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah, it's something something's going on. And, and Peter kind of said, deal. you know, we're going to give him all the time in the world that he needs. So, right. you know, hopefully whatever's going on, it's it's not serious. But, I mean, Which I is can't. okay. I mean, Ilya is not scoring goals from outside the box. No. So, I mean, take your time. Yeah. Not to be insensitive, but take your time. Right. So, Sporting KC head into uh, tonight's matchup against FC Dallas. Still first place in the West, 16 points. Seattle Sounders are coming up on us, 14 points, and they have a game in hand. So, in theory, they could jump us. Just one? Just one. Oh, because they just played. Gotcha. Yeah. They they took out LAFC pretty handily. Uh, Big time. (laughs) So, uh, but, yeah, going up against FC Dallas uh, in Children's Mercy Park. This feels bad. Are you worried? Oh, I I think it's a two-loss week. I think we lose to both Texas teams this week. It's pessimist Dan. Not, <laughs> hey, hey, that was a that was a championship, Dan. Okay, that was good stuff in 2017, whenever it was. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So but no, it just feels that way, dude. Dallas has a great defense, and defense wins games. I mean, if you have a better defense than their offense, they keep you from scoring. You you win or tie. Okay, but here, okay, so you're right. And Sporting KC's offense has been having some trouble. Only .71 expected goals against Colorado, so that's still a cause for concern. That's not great. But Reggie Cannon is not with FC Dallas because he's about to be transferred to Portugal. That's right. And I've heard that Paxton Pomicol, or however you say his name, he's been yeah. injured. So I don't know if he's going to be It doesn't matter, dude. They just smashed Minnesota. Yeah, but I don't know. Minnesota's we'll a great team. I mean, what, it's hot down there, too. It's hot as hell. And yeah, humid, but this, this is done. a – Children's Mercy Park. Now, granted, FC oh, Dallas. Yeah. Why did I say that? Houston is what I was thinking. It's in Houston on Saturday. But FC Dallas did win 2-0 on the road last year at Children's Mercy Park and 6-0 last October on Decision Day, which was the disaster game. But Sporting are 8-2-2 in their last 12 matches against FC Dallas, scoring 28 goals and conceding 12. So I'm actually going to go opposite of you. I think this is going to be a win, and I think Sporting KC put up at least – I'm going to say three goals. They scored three goals. I'm going to say three, one sporting Casey. How can you even say that? I now, as I say that I'm scaring myself because I just remembered how (laughs) shaky your midfield's probably going to be. So shaky, dude. You, you, you're you're confident to put a score line in there. I'm just throwing it out there. I just have a feeling like sporting's offense hasn't been getting into gear. They're probably reading the same things we are. They're going to want to make a statement. It's going to be a, a, they're going to have to play the boot and scoot. They boot it down to Gerso, and he the scoots boot, on scoot down boogie? the field. 
You boot and scoot straight <laughs> over the midfield. If you, if you just do lob pass after lob pass, you don't have to worry about your young midfield. Yeah. Well, Genius. I mean, am I a coach? Could I be? Maybe. Call it Peter. Let him know. <laughs> I will not. Yeah. I will not talk to that man. He scares me. We'll probably have Buzio again at the holding midfield position. And there was an article, there were two articles on MLSsoccer.com and they got ported over to SportingKC.com too, talking about Buzio in the holding midfield role. Because everybody, yeah. everybody like at MajorLeagueSoccer.com likes some Buzio. They've been talking about it on Extra Time as well. So Doyle in particular is a big Buzio fan, mm-hmm. especially in this holding midfield spot. Especially when Weston McKinney gets signed to Juventus. Oh, they're man. like, oh, is Buzio next? Oh, man. Big move for Weston. Shout out to him. Going, going to cool. a top club like Juve. They also said, but now he can compete for Champions League and lose, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shout out to Weston. But, yeah, I mean, Vermees had some pretty good praise. I mean, he, he so, Buzio didn't have a great game in Houston. But nobody really had a great game against Houston at Children's Mercy Park. He, uh, he said, I know you guys look like to look at it from game to game, but I look over the course of a period of time. I've seen with a lot of young guys a progression, and they're going to make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that all of a sudden it's like they're good enough because, believe me, there are a lot of old – they aren't good enough because they're older players that make mistakes in games as well. So he was talking about Buzio and Lindsay there. So it's I, Peter seems to be wanting them to stay in the lineup. So we'll see. Hmm. but I don't know. I think uh, I, I just have a feeling that for some reason SKC are going to win and we're going to, we're going to do it. I hope so, man. Uh, it feels nice. Um, I, I was actually chosen to purchase tickets for this game and I chose not to. Yeah. So um, everybody please wear your damn masks and be safe <laughs> and, you know, just ab- abide by the security people who probably don't even want to be there, you know? Yeah, don't yell at them. It's not their fault. No. Uh, but I do shout out to one of our listeners, uh, Drake Ewing. We He was kind of our unofficial in-game correspondent because he kept telling us everything that was going on last week. Yeah. He said he was at the game. He actually said that he got selected again to buy, buy tickets again at random. Oh. But he said that uh, he actually declined those tickets because he wanted someone else to have a chance if they wanted to go. That's Yeah, so. that's kind of what I felt. If someone's more comfortable going, then – than they should because i i just can't imagine i would enjoy it right now you know? yeah so and then houston houston saturday in houston so i feel crazy, a little more man. scared about that one did they have a lot of hurricane stuff down there not as much damage as you know definitely they, not, okay. not like what they had last year they didn't get crushed like louisiana did or anything no no louisiana That's got hit good. pretty bad was it harvey yeah. in houston a couple years ago i think i think so yeah Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, it, it wasn't as bad as that was, so they should be good to go. But well, it's gonna be rough, man. I, I think that's a loss too. I, I don't know. I'm just not feeling good about these two Dallas teams right now. The two Texas teams. Yeah, I the think two Texas teams. Yes. <laughs> I uh, Houston scares me more than Dallas for some reason. I'm, I'm still worried about the speed fast. that Houston has. Yeah, so fast. I just don't. I don't think we match up well against them. They can just hit you and go. And if you have that young midfield, they will just bypass us. Zoom. Yeah. Goodbye. Now, have fun back line. Hopefully, Lindsay learned from his mistakes against Albert Elise this last game. And hopefully, Peter might game plan a little differently. Yeah, that's but, rough. Uh, tell Jalen not to go forward at all. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there are some still 
So still some transfer rumors uh, regarding Sporting KC. Of course, there was the, the rumor about Juan Manuel Sanchez Mino, who is the left back slash midfielder. Uh, but apparently... Yeah, well, isn't he a midfield that can play left back? Isn't that what he is? He's a left back that can play midfield. Oh, okay. From what I, I understand. Had, I had a reverse right on. Yeah. So supposedly he has agreed to a deal with his club Independiente to terminate uh, his contract, but Sporting KC made an offer that I guess was rejected. So I don't know. I don't know if it was rejected by the player or rejected by the club. I re- I'm translating this from Spanish. It seemed to me that Independiente didn't think that the offer was high enough. You can speak Spanish. I, I'm, I can speak Twitter translate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed. I was like, oh, shit, can you really? No, I can speak Twitter <laughs> oh, translate. <damn> it. So. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it seems like I don't, we, nobody knows where Luis Martinez is. <laughs> like he's just, he's yeah, just he's not, back on the bench last time. On the he? bench, but he's available. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Lindsey get the start tonight against Dallas and Martins against Houston on Saturday. Yeah, Martins definitely has a little more speed than Lindsey, that's for sure. So we'll see. But well, I'm excited, man. Double game week means double fun, and then uh, I don't think we have a midweek game the following week, so it'll be it'll be a following uh, Sunday, I think. Yeah, it's it's a little bit more of a break, and we should be, but we should hear soon-ish about the next phase of the schedule. Yeah, and, and then they'll be playing. They'll probably open the stadium up to twenty percent capacity or something like that. We'll or see. if you're like fans in Iowa, just we'll just My let twenty five thousand people in. What the hell ever? In what is like literally the worst like per capita hotspot in the entire world. What I mean, what are we even doing? <laughs> did, did you hear about the two football teams in Kansas City that played each other last week, and now tons of them have COVID symptoms and are quarantining? Am I Surprise. a cynic for just laughing? Like I'm just like people tried to tell you this is not great i don't i don't want to like i don't wish illness on anybody but i I keep seeing a tweet go around that people keep sharing the things like this and and it's it's a phrase and it's like what did you think was going to happen and why didn't you think it would happen this way yeah i mean it's like like, i hate to say i told you so but but i freaking told you so so we'll see but it's it's crazy man and uh how many fans are the Chiefs letting in though when they play here in a couple 17,000 and they had 2,000 in a scrimmage slash practice and they couldn't even get all 2,000 to wear the masks so how are you going to get 17,000 to wear a mask this is so bad please wear your mask people please wear your mask and please also don't come at us on Twitter with your (laughs) anti-mask (laughs) non-science because we're not going to be here for it my favorite is some of the ladies that are like, get these masks off our babies. Wait, wh- what? <laughs> Just please wear your mask. Why does my child have to wear a mask? I need to see his golden smile. In most places, children under two are exempt anyway. So, yeah. But if all of the adults wear masks, then the small children might not have to. So let's just wear go. our mask. Uh, anywho, so you think two losses. I'm going to say... I'm going to say we win against Dallas, but we're going to lose against Houston. Another Houston loss. You'd like to to write that story and say we win at home and then go get revenge at Mm -hmm. Houston. But I just don't – I don't know what's feasible right now. I don't know who this team is. 
I don't yeah. know what their chemistry is like yet. It's just all over the place. Well, and it's really hard to know who they are because we were, you know, I was going to say, you got to give it probably this first whole phase to get an idea of who they are. But I don't even know we're going to have an idea of who they are after this first phase because we, we don't know who our midfield is. Injury. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> what's happening? Like I'm taking crazy pills, man. It's, in, it's insane. Yeah. So anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll be back next week. We might have some schedule news for you next week as well. That'd be uh, cool. Sporting KC is not doing themselves any favors in the MLS.com, MLSsoccer.com power rankings. We've dropped from seventh to eighth, but uh, you that's know. all right. Top 10 is pretty good, really. So, and look, look at this, man. We're still top of the West. S- Supporters Shield is still right there. I mean, it's like this is nothing to get sad about yet. You know what I mean? Because other teams' results have really done us a favor. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Matt Doyle wrote on MLSsoccer.com that he's still seeing some of the things that have plagued Sporting KC previously in, in their current, you know, form. But Defense we'll and midfield, man. You look at our front three, and you're just like, this team is great. And then there's other things in the midfield and the backfield, and it's like, this, is, this doesn't feel great. Yeah. And he talks about a lot of what we mentioned here, like get pushing those fullbacks up in the attack, especially early, just – gets them to be tired and it leaves you exposed. And that's exactly what happened against Houston. So we'll see. Mr. Graham Zussi. I'm not sure he gets tired. The dude is just, the dude's a beast. That's, that's a, that's a stallion, dude. That's a stallion. So uh, do you have any, anything else regarding sporting KC that you want to mention before we talk a couple other news items? Sporting KC, man. I, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, let's, yeah. uh, you know, fingers crossed. We'll see. Hopefully we get a double victory pod next week, but if not, at least a partial victory pod. So we'll That'd see. Crazy. The other big thing is big news week for MLS. Uh, I don't know if y'all follow rslsoapbox.com. That is the Real Salt Lake SB Nation website. But if you are an MLS fan, you should be following rslsoapbox.com right now because they have been all over the controversy that's been occurring with Real Salt Lake ownership and executive leadership this week. And for those of you who may not be aware, because I'm sure there are some listeners who are big SKC fans, but they might not be aware of like everything else going on in the league. So there was the, the protests that happened where players didn't want to play. RSL was one of those teams last Wednesday that was like, hey, we're not going to play. They had fans in the stands that obviously didn't end up seeing a game. RSL's owner a man named Del Loy Hansen went on the radio the next morning and he Del. said his name was Del Loy Hansen. What Dude, did you expect? Like an oil tycoon, <laughs> right? That, that's just old school. My name, like, my name is Del Loy Hansen. I come from money. Yeah. So th- these are, these are some select quotes and, and people, what about the context? You can go on RSL soapbox and read the entire transcript. The context does not help these quotes. Context doesn't help. Who cares? Here's some highlights from what he said about, RSL not playing in protest of police brutality and racism. The disrespect was profound to me personally. So he's mad about his players not performing for him. Oh, cool. They clearly support national issues, but they don't support our local community. Whoa. Don't know what he's talking about there. Don't know what that means. I'm pretty sure they're into local community uh, initiatives everywhere. Yeah. I mean, there are people in salt lake that are going to be the subject uh, of police brutality and racism so yeah they're fighting for them we're not going to be inviting fans back to the stadium so tomorrow i have to go back to letting 40 to 50 people go 
So he just basically decided, oh, they're not going to play? Well, fine. We're not going to let any fans in the stadium anymore, and I'm going to fire 40 to 50 people. Why did he do that? What was the reasoning behind that? Just punitive. He was what? Punitive as punishment. Just as punishment. He also fired some people from his foundation seemingly as punishment. Like What? Holding the the players hostage. Be like, if you don't play, I'm going to start firing people. Now, keep in mind, Delroy Hansen is a multi-billionaire, and he was also the first owner to furlough team staff during the virus and it was rsl players who donated parts of their salary to pay staff members instead of the multi-billionaire who has spent close to 10 million dollars on collectible coins just for a little so, bit of context shows where his priorities are i got you yeah. but you know context take take context into effect yeah. yeah and then the last quote here that i love is uh it's taken a lot of the wind out of my sails and how much i want to invest in the team buying players and building the team so he basically saying like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna do this anymore. Like I just this don't sounds wanna... very slave ownerish. If I could yeah. say that, I mean I don't know it's much about great. that. Uh, I've watched the Harriet Tubman movie. That's all I really know. It's but, not great. Uh, doesn't sound good. So players obviously were not happy. That that caused quite an out- uproar amongst players. It oh caused... yeah, people wanted to be traded. They're like I don't want to play for this guy. Yep, it's it was. Guy. Yeah, no, it was bad. Um, there, there were there were pl- multiple players who were like, I don't need to be here. I don't want to be here. Um, I was so out of the loop. You like texted me and I was like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, you've been away today. <laughs> it it <laughs> you was were like, well, here's what I got going on. Yeah, it was one of those things that was like kind of all over MLS Twitter that day. Um, but if you're not plugged into MLS, like I was listening to Salt Lake City sports radio because they had him on there. And I was like, when am I ever listening to rsl radio but uh defender needham uh Anuoa, he was he's from uh in- england i think he previously played for manchester city but he told the bbc he's like i don't want to be here anymore like send me yeah. back to england like i'm fortunate enough that i can go back to a place like england and some of these people they don't have anywhere else to go but he basically was like i'm Man. done That's, and so that sucks dude you should feel safe in your place of employment uh, you shouldn't have to one out like that, you know? So this got the attention of Major League Soccer and they put out a statement and it was not a good statement because it was along the lines of like, Delroy Hanson's done a lot to uh, to build soccer, both men's and women's and youth in Salt Lake City. And, you know, we don't agree with what he said. Well, then the Athletic got involved and the Athletic came out with an article. And, and let me give you some highlights from what the Athletic article said. Kellen Acosta was a member of the FC Dallas Academy at this point. He had just scored a goal against uh, the RSL team. And uh, one of the scouts for RSL saw Del Loy as, as the scout was talking to Kellen Acosta. And he said, hey, Del Loy, this is, this is Kellen Acosta, one of the guys who scored against us last night. And Del Loy's response back is, when are we going to lynch this guy? Kellen Acosta's black, for those who may not know. So we have the racist owner asking, when are we going to lynch the black guy who scored that, a goal against us? Is that a term where we just use casually? We, we just say shouldn't that? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Here's, uh, another, here's another example from that athletic article. Uh, he was talking with somebody and he, he runs up to, uh, to this team employee and says, hey, I have beef with, beef with you. You can't be doing this. You can't be doing, and gives an example of what he can't be doing. And then all of a sudden drops an N-word. Oh, and his wife was like, "Quote Deloy, you can't say that." And then this is Andy Andy Williams. I want to say is is the the scout's name who's recounting this, who's a black man himself. 
And he was like, everybody just looked at me and I was just like, what did I just hear? And then Delroy went and said it again. So now he's talking about lynching. He's, he's like, dropped, you can't be saying that. He's like, hey, my best friend's black. It's all good. Dropping N-bombs. Well, that's what his wife basically tweeted or texted Holy as the fence was like, he gives money to people in Africa. Cool. <laughs> Where? South Africa? Right. And so then, people in South Africa. And here's, here's the third example that I'll give. Rusnak was speaking, Albert Rusnak, he's a player that RSL has. Yes, we don't uh, like him. He, he, was, he was speaking <laughs> with his agent, his agent who was black. And they were speaking in, in Slovakian because that's Rusnak's native language. Whoa. And Deloy, Deloy walks up and goes, oh, is that how you speak African? Oh, boy. So. Well, at least he didn't try to converse back and do some yeah. ridiculous uh, uh, race, racistness. And, and that doesn't even get into. Then RSL Soapbox started going, hey, this isn't just Deloy. This is the entire RSL culture from the top down. And they have quotes. This is a long article. You can go read Damn, it. Damn, so they, they went have, deep, dude. This is like a deep dive. It's like an HBO documentary. They have quotes from players, from staff members, from scouts. They talk about how uh, the um, Andy Carroll, who's RSL's chief business officer, not the striker in England, but a different Andy Carroll, would demand that the Utah Royals players, which are the women's soccer team, pose in sexy positions to make him look more attractive and that he their article says that uh, carol preferred that only christian press amy rodriguez and kelly o'hara be used on billboards and ad advertisements because he thought they were the prettiest and he specifically oh, no. said he didn't want uh gunny john's daughter or becky sauerbrunn as they were quote too ugly this is like a league of their own dude where they made him play in skirts i just watched that recently for the first it's time ever very great movie bad when well, their goalkeeper, shit. Nicole Barnhart, tied the record for most shutouts in an NWSL season, members of the media department were discouraged from promoting that accomplishment because Carol did not think she was attractive enough. Well, how come he named some women uh, from the Kansas City team? Uh, I don't like that he called them ugly. Right. So we got hot women. What's that now, about? Now, Andy Carroll is taking a leave of absence from RSL. Surprise. No. Deloy Hansen <laughs> is selling the team. Surprise. Oh, Del. Yeah, because he was forced. Is, this is, a, this is an issue that's bigger than just Delaware. The league jumped in. And why is this stuff coming out now? It's like this is like a backlog, and they got files yeah. and files, and then just comes pouring down, man. Well, and then you have people like Grant Wall, who he tweeted, like, I've known about this since 2015. I'm glad it's coming out now. And people are like, if you knew about this Grant, five years, why didn't you do something? Bro, you have a platform. You could single-handedly do damage. Yeah. What the hell? So... Grant Wall, man. Do we claim him as a, a oh, Kansas Cityan? Yeah. No, no. I don't claim him at all. Get He's, him on this pod. Let's, no. let's get him on. Thumb looking ass. <laughs> you skinny Brad Guzan looking son of a gun. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, it's a, I feel, I don't like RSL as a sporting rival. Yeah, but you got to like him now. I feel for everyone in that organization, the players, yeah. the staff member, particularly the female and, and, uh, staff members of color that, that's how not a dare good they tell the women to pose sexy like yeah. women are some of those badass soccer players dude and they're they're covered up anyways they're yeah. not wearing like the shortest of shorts i mean it's not a sexy sport but it's no wonder some of their like kristen press is like kristen press is like i don't gotta be here i'm gonna go to europe like, True. What, what? she's like i'm doing y'all a favor right yeah <laughs> you know man city just called me right so i don't know i just got chelsea on speed dial hopefully you think I'm be in salt lake city <laughs> hopefully the league can clean up not just the ownership situation but the entire rsl organization but 
It's a rough deal, man. Had they uh, won Salt Lake play again uh, tonight, right? A lot of games tonight, Should isn't be, it? Yeah, I think there's a lot tonight. So um, that's interesting because uh, I'd be interested. Uh, excuse me, interested to see what kind of performance they put out. I mean, the well, guy still technically owns the team. I mean, I don't know. They're playing in Salt Lake at Rio Tinto against Seattle Sounders with so. no fans. Now they're supposedly they went back and went like, okay, we'll let fans in. Oh my god! Even though he threatened to punish people, like I just he said something about it was like a knife that murdered me in the chest, and it's like stop, stop talking. Like, what are you doing? Jesus. So, but I feel like he would <laughs> he missed an opportunity to be more racist there. Oh, I just right. feel like I've been whipped over oh, and oh, over. My God. I just, you know, but here the sad MLS part is, is a bunch of slave owners. What? Dell, stop talking. <laughs> the sad part is, is it's probably not just RSL that's like this. There, I mean, this is a, a problem sure. across sports organizations, across leagues. There were the they room, just got caught. They got caught. There yeah. were the allegations about David Villa sexually harassing, potentially assaulting uh, a NYCFC intern. That the intern alleges, yeah, the intern alleges that multiple people within the NYCFC organization knew about it, which wouldn't surprise me because they also knew about nazis in their fan base that they did nothing about people didn't talk about that long enough i feel no it uh, hopefully there's an investigation and it'll come back to light or whatnot but this is the right. problem man like these things come up and then they kind of get swept under the rug because there's too many people in positions of power that want to keep them from getting out it's so, tough man it's a uh, you know be, what, what is that you see t-shirts around be a good person yeah i mean just doesn't sound hard at all no. you know no but Anyway, last MLS news story I want to touch on. And, and if we're going from one spectrum of crazy, we're going to the other spectrum of crazy. Lionel Messi, we talked about that he is demanding to leave Barcelona, even though there's some legal you know, discussions about clauses in his contract. The latest rumor from NBC Sports Soccer, well, they're reporting on this report. So it's, it's actually a daily record report, whichever that is. So this is, take this with a big grain of salt because I don't think this is happening. But the report says MLS fans will see Lionel Messi at NYCFC for the final two years of a five-year deal worth $830 million with City Football Group. So that's $166 million per year to play soccer, two of which would be at NYCFC playing in a baseball stadium. NYCFC fans will lose their minds. There's no way this happens, right? I do. Crazier things have happened, okay? I mean, I didn't think Zlatan would join. I didn't think uh, yeah, you know, but, David Villa was a big deal, but he didn't come here to retire. David Villa still went on to play more soccer. So did Zlatan, honestly. First off, $830 million is too much money, even for Lionel Messi. Like, he's good, but like you can eat a billion dollars almost. Not too like, much money for him. He's like, that's correct. Now I know, change, bro. I know city football groups, not exactly hurting for cash. So they got that oil money that is endless, but <laughs> be cool. It would be really cool. But if he was making $166 million per year to play in MLS, he would be making more than like the Colorado Rapids are worth as a team. Wow. Can you imagine that he's making like over a hundred times more than like, Sporting size player. Johnny Russell makes like, yeah, $1.6 million. Yeah. Is Lionel Messi 100 Johnny Russells? Probably not. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Is Lionel Messi worth more as an individual player to MLS? Yeah, than also buying his likeness and his, an his entire brain. club. But he kind of, I think, 
he's not one that's like usually out there popping in the media very much. He's yeah, usually true. trying to hide so he can do tax fraud. That's a Ronaldo thing. Ronaldo likes to, the attention. Yeah, Ronaldo you know, putting also on his to... Ronaldo jeans and showing yeah. his abs. Like, if I wear your jeans, Christian, do I get Cristiano? Do I get those abs? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I should try. Ronaldo also does tax fraud, as does Lionel Messi, but... and rape. Yeah, Lionel Messi, as of <laughs> yet, has not been accused of of sexual assault or rape. So that's a plus over Cristiano Ronaldo. It's a plus. So that Messi Ronaldo debate is over. <laughs> But I just, I don't know, man. Like, I look, if I'm messy, I have no need for MLS. No. Maybe you can be pessimistic about it, but how yeah. cool would it be, though? It'd be cool to watch him play, but I just don't see how does, how does MLS capitalize on that return on investment? Can you imagine how packed Children's Mercy Park gets? I mean, there's lots in game when he came to town. But how much more packed can it Yeah, but how much more packed can it get than it already gets at times? They're not going to, so maybe they pack another thousand people into the stadium. But like, yeah. Does that make up for $166 million? I don't know, man. Dallas would love it. They'd probably like start selling his jersey. 30, that's true. <laughs> they did that to Zlatan. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it seems like if you were to come to MLS, the two rumored clubs are just NYCFC or Miami. And the only reason Miami's in that conversation is because of David Beckham. But And it's kind of, you know, well, I was going to say close to home. He's not from Europe, so it's not really... Yeah. close to home but where he made his home i guess over there yeah so i don't know but crazy time this league man this league is wild yeah it really <laughs> is i i don't know how mls becomes a bucket list of yours i mean uh win a world cup first bro you know yeah yeah really i mean that's biggest prize in the sport he hasn't won yet i don't know that playing in mls is going to help him achieve that goal i mean he could still i don't know i just have a hard time seeing three years from now he wants to go live in New York City. Like, if anything, three years from now, he'd like go live in Argentina, where you're from, and live out your days in peace. Yeah. So, interesting. Anyway, man. I love rumors, man. Gets you talking. That's that's all I got for this week. Close it so, up, man. Close it up. Thank you all so much for listening. You can make sure to leave us that five star rating and review Do on it. Apple Podcasts if you have not done so yet. Uh, we'll tell read your family, it. tell your friends. We'll read it. We'll read it every week. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at no other pod at Dan Kuzer at JCMAX03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash no other pod. Shoot us an email, no other pod at gmail.com. And hopefully we will be back next week with a double victory pod. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Two games in a week, motherfucker. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.